want to start out by saying thank you so much for coming on the podcast. First of all, I mean, taking the time. This is really so cool. And I've been wanting to cover a topic like this. This is a really new podcast. I just started it a couple months ago, but I'm really starting yeah. to get into these really hard conversations and topics. And this yeah. one is so, so important. And you know, we'll talk about it. But first of all, I want to tell the listeners, you know, for today's episode, I'm joined by Jen. She's the founder of Moms Maternal Health. Jen is helping pregnant women, new moms, toddler moms to worry less and feel more normal as they navigate through motherhood. So Jen, I would love to start out by you telling us, telling the listeners, telling me a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I am Jen and I am a mama to two little girls. My oldest just turned five yesterday and oh my goodness. our baby is two and a half. Um, I used to teach first grade. I live in New Jersey and I am a postpartum anxiety and depression survivor. Um, and that battle that I was so completely blindsided by led me to create my page mom's maternal health um because in the midst of this battle that i had not known at the time what it was i promised myself that once i did get answers and i healed and i got me back that i was going to share my story because i knew that i could not have been the only one that like was completely just thrown off course and blindsided by this with my second child nonetheless um so i did that and and it's like just become such a big passion of mine because after sharing my story, I was met with an overwhelming amount of support and messages um, just confirming that moms could relate. And so many messages of, I wish I saw this, you know, three years ago when I was suffering with this um, or moms that were suffering like in real time and had no idea because they were dismissed by their OBs or they were so afraid to even say anything and they've just been, you know, suffering in silence um, and that they finally felt seen and heard and validated and less alone. Um, and then since that, just in conversations with moms, I realized that moms are seeking honesty in motherhood like they want someone to be honest with them and in being honest it's also talking about the hardships that i think on social media we don't necessarily see that right and i i know for a fact because i was one of them that there is so much more that goes on behind a mom's smile and behind their perfect feed on social media um so my page is also kind of turned into me learning how to be an expert on talking about the hardships um, of motherhood so that moms truly do feel less alone and more normal um, when they see tons of other moms commenting and they're like, wow, I am not the only one and she is not the only one, but there's 30 moms that just commented and they're all you know, struggling with this too. And it may not necessarily be like mentally or a mental health related um, struggle. Yeah. And well, just going off that last part, you just said, I, I saw your post last night about, Hey, I feed my kids dino nuggets and I'm still a good uh, mom. It's like, even that alone is so powerful to hear because 
<laughs> you're there's like this stigma of like, oh, I need to make like bean soup organically every single night or whatever it is. It's like, ha- sorry, I stopped at Chick-fil-A and I got my one-year-old some nuggets. Like that's how we're doing dinner tonight. And that's fine. And it's so cool yeah. that you are so open about that and to just broadcast that it is okay. We are all moms that are good moms still. It doesn't matter. Yes. And I think that comparison is, it's so hard not to compare, especially when you're a new mom um, and, and with social media and everything. Um, but like I said, I always remind moms that there is so much more than what we see. Um, and there there is no perfection in motherhood. It will never exist. And I think that the the quicker we realize that and the quicker we stop comparing ourselves and just grow in our confidence that we are doing the best that we can. And our best is not going to look the same every single day. And it's a balance, right? It's a balance of cooking some home cooked meals and having dino nuggets and mac and cheese or ordering out a Chick-fil-A. None of those things make us any less of a mom. Like, I don't know where that narrative ever came from. And I'm so guilty as a first time mom believing those things too and falling into that comparison trap. And then when you really sit back and think like when I give my kids dino nuggets and mac and cheese, because it's been a long, hard day and this is all I can do right now. Why does that like equate to a mom not being good enough or as good as the mom that is making a a home cooked meal? Like it just in the moment it's, it's real. But now like when you actually say it, like that's just so, silly to me right yeah and it's funny that you say that because it's like when I do a fast easy whatever meal for my daughter I feel like I have more time to play with her at night so it's like where are we mixing this up that I I have to slave over Mm -hmm. the stove all night long for seven days a week you know seven days a week and I'm a good mom then but I barely have any time to do a, a really good nighttime routine routine with my kid yes exactly And I think that's like motherhood in a nutshell, that we are very hard on ourselves, uh, myself included. And it's so easy to pick out all of the things that we're not doing good enough um, at, right? Or good enough with, instead of like flipping the narrative and reframing our thoughts and picking out the things that we are doing really good at, right? So like you just said, you got Chick-fil-A and not that there's like anything wrong with that at all, but because you did that, what you did really good with was being, you know, present with your your baby um, and being able to play for maybe a longer period of time than you would have been if you had to, you know, be in the kitchen and make all the food and then have a baby or a toddler that's at your leg because they want you and you just, you cannot do it all. Um, and so I have learned that, like, there are things that, like, I, I don't enjoy and I'm not necessarily the best at. Um, and then I'm okay with admitting that now, but I'm really good at so many other things. And again, it's just kind of like, I want to bring these moms together so that they know like, wow, this is a safe space to talk about. Like, I am looking forward to going back to work. And I feel like moms look at me like, what do you mean? Like, you want to leave your child like that? Yes, that's okay. It's okay to love your job and love being a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that when we surround ourselves with other people that think similar ways, right, we don't have to agree with it, 
But when we realize that there's other people out there that love their jobs or don't cook home cooked meals every single day or don't enjoy playing with their kids like pretend play me, that it doesn't make us any less of a mom, right? And we can come together and support one another and talk about like, what am I good at? I'm really, really good at playing with my kids outside, the active stuff, right? But I do not like playing with my kids on the ground, the pretend play, like tea, dress up. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but everything feels so lonely in motherhood because we just don't talk about these things, right? Yeah. Mental health struggles included. Um, and like my mother-in-law is the crafty, like loves pretend play, can do it for hours. And I'm like, that's great because I don't enjoy those things. And there's a balance, right? And especially at night when my husband's done with work, like, and my kids just want to be chased and, and I'm just done. That's when he comes in. So yep. it's like sharing those roles that like, realistically, we're not going to love everything, right? That's just life in general. And it's okay to have other people do different things um, and be that role, I guess, in your, your child's life. It doesn't, you can't do it all. Yeah. And it's like, it's that same saying that we hear all the time. It takes a village, right? It takes a village. There's different compartments that we can fill in where we just either don't want or lack or whatever it may be. Um, I do want to know, I, I want to start kind of like with your story. Like, what was it like for you? I feel like a lot of people can benefit from hearing specific stories and they can kind of, cause there are a lot of people out there that maybe have just had a baby or they're in postpartum and they don't know what's going on. So maybe sharing your yeah. story could help. Yeah. So I, um, with my first, I definitely suffered with the baby blues, which 80% of moms do. So it's no surprise. Um, baby blues go away. They last around two to three weeks after you have a baby. Um, and disclaimer, I'm not a professional. I'm not a yeah. therapist, not a doctor. I am a mom that has suffered and I learned a lot through that. Um, and then have spent a lot of time researching all of this, but um, so the baby blues, you know, quickly went away on their own as they do. Um, and then that was it. And then, um, with my second, I felt like it was like, I felt so much more comfortable, um, because we just had already, like, I've already done this. Everything just came a little bit easier breastfeeding. Like I was ready to go home from the hospital. My husband and I had, you know, a good routine in place already, um, and so that adjustment was very easy for me or easier. Um, but adjusting to two kids close in age was really difficult, specifically because of my toddler. My toddler had a really difficult time, which everyone tells you, or not necessarily, but that was expected. What is their um, age gap? They are a little over two years. Okay. So like two years and I think like three months. Okay. Yeah. Um. And, and I think this could be the same for however close in age or far in age they are, right? It's hard. Um, and so while I expected that going into it, it didn't necessarily make it easier in the moment. Um, I had a baby that I was, that was so easygoing. Um, like I said, everything came easy, but it was my toddler that had such a hard time. And I found myself losing my patience at like 9am in the morning and, her just doing things, acting out for that negative attention, right? Um, so it was just, it was very overwhelming, um, but we were doing it. 
And ironically, at around four months postpartum, I felt like we were all adjusting as a family, my toddler included. Um, and then it was just a typical day. My toddler was at daycare. My littlest had just woken up from a nap. And we were on the ground just doing tummy time. And out of nowhere, this horrible, horrible, scary thought had come across my mind that was directed towards my baby. And I remember just like freezing in that moment, thinking that I was a complete monster. Like what mom would ever think something like this? And why would I think something like this, right? And that was it. I was not the same since that scary thought. I had no clue what it was, why that had happened to me. I felt so confused. Um, and then I just became so obsessed over this horrible thought that I had. And I all of a sudden was, now I look back and there was just lots, lots of avoidance behaviors. I all of a sudden did not want to be home alone with my baby because I was trying to avoid this horrible, scary thought that just kept haunting me. Like it was just always there. Um, and I was just trying to fight it and run from it. And that only made it worse. Um, so again, it was like, here I have this baby that's like so easygoing. I'm obsessed with her. Like this transition has been pretty easy, but not the toddler part of it. That part has been really, really difficult. We're getting in the flow now. Um, why, why would this come into my mind? Like it just, it was so confusing and I was so blindsided. And because I did not know what it was, I didn't for a second think that it could be postpartum depression. And that's all we ever hear about. And my reasoning why this couldn't be postpartum depression was I didn't have it with my first. I'm four months postpartum. Postpartum depression only happens, this is what I thought, only happens right after you have a baby. Um, I, like, I'm a happy person. This wouldn't happen to someone like me. I'm happy. I've never been depressed in my life, right? And also, I didn't feel depressed. I didn't know what I felt. I knew this was not normal, right? but I did not feel depressed. So not being able to name it was really, really difficult for me. And then just caused me to spiral, um, prevented me from not being able to sleep at night. And at four months, my baby was sleeping at night. So there was no reason for me not to be able to get some sleep, right? And that lack of sleep made all of this way worse. And I finally, like after suffering in silence for a little over a month, which felt like a year, I finally opened up to my husband and I, I felt so embarrassed and ashamed and scared and scared to even admit this horrible thought to my husband, because like, what is he going to think of me? Um, and so many moms say that to me and it just, it breaks my heart. And that that's that stigma, right? Um, and I opened up to him and we knew in that moment, like I needed to get help immediately. So we went to the hospital and I knew that if I wanted to get answers and help and I wanted like to get me back, that's what my girls deserved. I needed to be very honest with them. And I knew that being honest, I knew where that was going to bring me. But again, like that need for getting me back was way more important than anything. Like my alternative was just either living my life like I was, which was just not what anyone would want or getting help. Um, and I still had no answers. So I was honest and I did get sent to the psychiatric unit. 
And I, I don't share that to scare anyone because a lot of moms will say, well, if I say this, I don't want them to take my kids away or I don't want to. And most of the time, they're not going to take your children away because somebody that specializes in this knows what's going on and understands it, right? But I will say that being where I was placed was the safest place for me. And crazy enough, like I found comfort in being there because I had such hope that I was going to finally get answers, right? And I was like one step closer. Um, and everyone there was there to get help for all different things, but they were no different than me. And sadly, when I met with a psychiatrist there, I was like completely dismissed because I didn't look like or my story didn't appear like the people that he typically sees there. And he kept asking me the same questions over again, like almost invalidating me that like I didn't deserve to be there. He kept saying like, you live in blank in the town that I live in. Um, you're married. You have two healthy children. Um you didn't like struggle with these thoughts, like with your first, um, he said, you're a teacher. Like, really? And he, he asked me that like three times as if like a teacher doesn't struggle. And it was unbelievable, um, to say the least. And like I said, I was no different than everyone there. Um, and sadly, you know, the gap in, in mental health care, uh, men maternal mental health, specifically mental health as well, and the lack of awareness and knowledge, even for professionals, um, this psychiatrist discharged me. And he said it was not postpartum depression. And his reasons were the same exact reasons why I didn't think it was postpartum depression. And he said, it just sounds like you're a worrier. And I remember saying to him, I just shared this horrible thought that I had how are you letting me go home right now? Like I left this hospital with my husband feeling even crazier than I did when I went in and I had, there was no answer still. And so thankfully my husband advocated for me during a time where I was physically unable to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and he found this center that was 20 minutes from my house that I never knew existed. And it's attached to a hospital and it specializes in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And the woman there was like, bring her here right away. Do not let her go home. And so I went there. She gave me the biggest hug, met with a therapist there and shared this horrible story again. And she didn't move off of her seat. And I remember saying to her, you should be reacting to this. Like this thought is not horrible, is not normal. Moms don't think like this. I have no reason, not that there's ever a reason, but like, I just, it doesn't make sense with what I'm experiencing with this baby, right? And she's like, Jen, your story is no different than pretty much every mom that comes into this office in this seat. And she's like, you are suffering with severe postpartum anxiety that has led to a depression because you have no idea what's wrong with you. And these thoughts you're having are called intrusive thoughts. And they're very, very common. And the fact that you are so scared of them is proof that they're nothing more than thoughts brought on by your anxiety, that you never act on them, even though they feel so real. It's just a thought. And our our like motherly instincts tend to bring upon these like thoughts and anxieties, usually around like 
the things and people that we love the most as like our, our instinct of protecting them, right? And preparing ourselves for like all these different what if scenarios. Um, and she's like, you are textbook. And she's like, this is temporary and treatable with help and you're in the right place. We're going to get you help. And then I met with, which was like so incredibly validating the hug that I gave her after this, like, I felt like it lasted forever, but that was like the first step of like this healing journey. And, uh, then I met with a nurse practitioner right next door and she was, you know, gave me all of the options and I, it was the easiest decision for me to start medication. And I'm someone that doesn't really ever take Advil unless my headache is so bad. Um, but it was a no brainer for me because honestly, what I was dealing with was so severe that I had no other option. And I, I made the decision that was best for me and my family. And I was well-educated on it by a professional. Um, and so it's, it's been a journey for sure. And the healing is not linear. It takes a while, but with the right professional help and support, like you will get there and your good moments will begin to outweigh your difficult moments. And that's progress, right? But knowing realistically that every day is not going to just go up from there, right? It's it's going to ebb and flow. That's a roller coaster ride, but you will get you back. And I am living proof of that. So it's like a long story, but <laughs> I, I, first of all, I want to thank you for sharing and opening up because you, I mean, that story can touch so many people's lives and save people from the agony that you seem to have went through for a whole month, keeping it to yourself where, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're probably saying, I mean, to my, my biggest advice is like, if you feel this way, go get help right away. Like there's no shame yeah. in keeping anything to yourself. So first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for opening up because what an amazing thing to be able to do and help other people because it is so, so common. One of my first questions is, was it difficult to explain to your husband? It seemed like he was very on board. Yeah. Um, no, not at all. He was right there with me and he took it very hard. Um, obviously when I was at the hospital, he he couldn't be there with me. Um, and so it was hard, it was hard for him to just drop me off in that kind of state, right. Um, and feel completely helpless. And thank goodness, like I have a whole village that was able to come in and take care of my kids because my husband was not able to, like, he took it really difficult and he was spending all of his days while I was there calling and calling and calling to find help for me. And it shouldn't be that hard, but it is. Um, and so as far as like the treatment, it was, it was something that he was fully supportive, um, of, and that's not always the case. Unfortunately, I hear that from a lot of people. Um, but I think that between him and my family, my village, I think that is why I healed as quickly as I did. It wasn't quick by any means, but I think just having that support um, to do whatever they had to in order for me to heal um, helped so much. So he was completely on board. Um, I will say that 
when I chose to go on medication, like I said, I was very well educated from the professional on it. I was still breastfeeding at the time. So, you know, finding a medication that was breastfeeding friendly was obviously something that was important. Um, I eventually chose to stop breastfeeding because it just, it was something else that while it was easy, it was not easy because of my toddler. Um, you know, it was, she needed me too. And it was, it was just a lot on me to, to be, to, to do both. Right. So again, it was just something that I just needed to take off of my plate. Um, and I'm actually happy that I did because it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And switching to formula, like I loved it. I loved it for so many reasons. I love breastfeeding too, but it's like, you just, you don't know. Right. Um, so there were, there were times where, you know, it's like you take this medication and you just are praying that you're going to get you back tomorrow. And it doesn't work like that. Um, and it took a while for me personally to find the right dosage of the medication that I was on or am on to, to find that like relief. Right. Um, and so, you know, meeting with the, the nurse practitioner every other week to manage that dosage was key. Um, because nobody like forgot about me. I was going to weekly therapy. I was meeting with a nurse practitioner every other week and they were like my team. Um, and their goal was to, to get me better. Um, and when people ask like, are, you know, are you healed? Are you all better? And yes, I, I am healed. I'm all better. However, I'm so different. I'm so different now that I've suffered through that. Um, in the best way possible. I would never wish it on anyone, of course, but I've, there's been lots of like silver linings that have come from it. This, you know, starting my page and being able to help other moms as well. Um, so yeah, that's like the long short of the answer is that it's, it's a journey to, to get there, but always have that hope that like you will get there. You will. Yeah. And I, I want to know, since you obviously had such a great support system throughout there, there is a lot of people out there, are a lot of people out there listening that don't, or they're so scared that, what are they going to think of me? What is my husband going to love me anymore if I tell them this? Like, mm -hmm. what what would be your advice in that type of situation? Yeah, so, yeah, I hear this all the time as well. Um, and it's, it's hard to ask for help, whether it's your husband, your mom, your sister, an OB, like it's, it's hard to put yourself out there, right? And, and especially when you're experiencing symptoms that that scare you. Um, and so there is a lot of resources out there. Um, I think that the the biggest thing that makes me so angry is that there is no awareness and no knowledge on these mood disorders. And I truly believe that if I was educated on these and I had heard of the word intrusive thoughts, that I would not have suffered in silence for so long. And it would not have gotten as bad as it did because I would have been able to name it. And I would have been able to know that it's okay for me to talk about this with a professional or my husband and that there are resources. And also that I, I will get better as long as I do ask for help, right? But when we don't know that, it makes everything so much worse. Um, so I think that's, key is having that awareness um, and that knowledge because people don't ever think it's going to happen to them, but it doesn't discriminate. As far as resources, um, there is Postpartum Support International. 
which I love, um, like a whole bunch of support and resources. And then they also have like a directory where you're able to search for um, therapists, professionals that specialize in these mood disorders, which I think is key. Um, and you're able to find them in your area, um, which is awesome too, to see if you can go to meet them in person or telehealth. Um, and then there's also a directory there as well that you can search for um, like support people within your area that are volunteering for them and they understand all of this and they are a safe person to talk to and can find you the help and support in your area as well. Um, I think that's the so, biggest, the key part of this is talking to somebody that specializes and knows about postpartum depression, any perinatal yeah. mood disorders, because like you said, you went to the, where did you say you went in the beginning? And they, 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 they just dismissed you? Like, yeah, it was a psychiatric unit within the hospital. So that, okay. Because so I had it, shared this scary thought, which kind of, you know, like I said, turned into this deep, dark depression. Um, and things got really, really dark personally for me. And that's that was the safest place um, for me, for sure. Yeah, so they had no idea how to really help you. So having this Postpartum Support International, and I have the number I'll, I'll um, plug in a little while, but it's really important to make sure that you're staying in the realm of this world because you can get so lost right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's super scary. I did want to know, so the thoughts that you were having, and there are other ways that that can come out in postpartum depression or anxiety or things like that. Um, for you, it was those thoughts. Are there any other ones that maybe somebody out there listening could maybe think, oh, wait, I've done that, or I've thought that, or, oh, wait, that could be, maybe I should. Do you have any examples? Yeah. So to back it up a little bit, so I had mentioned before that like we all we ever really hear about is postpartum depression, right? Um, and it's so much more than that we know now. And there are so they're called perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because it can happen during pregnancy as well. Um, so there is depression that could happen during pregnancy and or postpartum, um, the anxiety, and there is PTSD, which can come from any type of trauma, a birth trauma, a past trauma. Um, a loss, NICU, being in the NICU, anything that you perceive as trauma is trauma. Um, There is bipolar. There is OCD, which is really what I had because it's the obsession over something. And I was obsessing over this this scary thought. And then I was having a lot of avoidance behaviors, um, things like that. And then the last one, which is a medical emergency, is postpartum psychosis. So there's different mood disorders. The symptoms can range from minor to severe, um, minor where you have these symptoms, but they're not affecting your day-to-day life. You can still function. You can get out of bed. You can be a mom. You, you know, these, these symptoms are just, they're not impacting your day-to-day life and, and your ability to function. And then they can range to more severe. Um, and again, how you perceive it is how you perceive it. But how you treat it is going to look a lot different if you are still able to function, then yeah, maybe going for a walk and exercising and, um, you know, doing yoga or or journaling, and maybe that's going to help you. And that's great. 
I was doing those things and that was not, that was not enough. I needed something more because what I was dealing with got so dark and severe, right? Um, so different mood disorders and all different symptoms, and they can look so different on everyone. Um, so just because you may not be suffering with these scary thoughts doesn't mean that you may not be suffering. Um, another sneaky one is rage. So many moms say, oh my goodness, like I have this and I just thought this was because I'm overwhelmed, I'm a new mom. There's difference between being like annoyed and being rageful, right? Um, and oftentimes it's like, it's over the littlest of things. It, in the moment, it's like, oh, okay, you're, it, it makes sense. But then when you think back, it's like, I was getting so angry at my partner because of this or so angry at my baby because she wasn't napping. Like, you know, um, so, and I had never heard of postpartum anxiety and I have two kids. Like it blows my mind that like, I didn't know about any of this, just like majority of moms. Um, and so those are the mood disorders. Some facts, they do not discriminate. They can happen to anyone, even really happy people, um, people that don't ever worry or ever feel anxious. It doesn't care what kind of job you have, where you live, the house you live in, the car you drive in. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity, like it does not discriminate. Um, so that's like my biggest piece of advice is never think that it can't happen to you because it can. Um, and it's okay because when you have that awareness, then you can, you can get the support that you need. Um, it can happen with any pregnancy, just like every pregnancy is different. I it had no idea that it could happen. It could not happen with your first and then your second. That was a huge misconception that I had no idea about. Yeah, me too. And I, I've, I've met moms that have seven kids and they didn't have it with their first five. And then their sixth one, like, it's, it, you just never know. Um, it can happen during pregnancy, like I said. And if you have it during pregnancy, you may not have it postpartum or you may. Um, what else? It can happen any time, really within the year. Um, mine did not come on until I was four months postpartum, like no symptoms at all prior. Um, and it can go way past a year especially if it's left untreated or undiagnosed. Moms will message me and say like, I have all of these symptoms that you're talking about, but my baby's three years old. But I look back now and I definitely had these when my baby was six months old. So yeah, it doesn't go, it is temporary and treatable, but you have to get that help. It doesn't just go away. It may get easier, but I didn't want easy. Like I needed this to go away. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely could. So those are like very common misconceptions as well. Yeah, I think the the biggest one that I want to point out is I feel like a lot of people could say, well, if I just make it to a year, like that's when it fades away. But if you have any type of these feelings and you're not treating them, this is why, because it can go to three years, five years, if you're not treating anything. Yeah, it's, yep. It's so true. I, I loved how um, your social media is amazing and we'll plug you at the end so everyone can go follow <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and everything is so great that you post. Everything you share is just so, so on point. But um, one thing I wanted to talk about was the anxiety factor and that is the depression I feel like I hear a little bit more about. Not enough, like you were saying. Absolutely not enough. But a little mm -hmm. bit more than the anxiety part. And there's this whole thing you wrote about... Um, 
car seat anxiety and just mm-hmm. all of that. Can you, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about those? Yeah. So you talked about the intrusive thoughts and yeah, they can look, they can look so different for everybody. Um, and there's, there's different themes of them. So it could be, you know, directed towards your baby or a loved one. Um, it could be an like accidental, um, there's so many. And, and a lot of them, sometimes moms will say like this, it seems so silly, but it doesn't in the moment. Um, so some common ones that I hear, um, are like women will avoid the stairs because they're so afraid that they're going to fall down the stairs with their baby. Lots of like, what if scenarios, what if my baby, you know, um, falls under the water while I'm giving her a bath? Um, or what if like a thought might just pop in your head and you don't know why, but like, what if I just pushed my baby's head under the water and that's, it sounds so horrible, right? Yeah. But if someone was to say that to me, I would never think twice about it because I've been there and I, I understand that, right? Um, same for that therapist that I met with, but it's so confusing because why would a mom ever think that? And sometimes that thought might come and then you're like, oh, that was weird. And then you don't think anything of it. But when it comes at you and then you become obsessed over it, like, why would I think about that? Do I really, then you start, that's that obsession where then it can turn into something, right? We have tons of thoughts every single day. But when they're like scary and alarming like that, sometimes we just tend to like obsess over it. Um, So car seat anxiety, lots of scary thoughts about that. Um, if you're not able to get in the car and go somewhere, that's, that's impacting your life, right? Because that you have to be able to do that. Maybe you're happy at home and that's fine. And you don't need to go to stores, but like in the event of an emergency, that is something that is impacting your life. And again, it doesn't always, it won't always be like that with health, but that's a real anxiety of, um, driving lots of scary thoughts of like driving over bridges. Well, what if I just dr- like drive off the bridge? You don't want that, but it's just a thought that came in your mind and you're either going to let it go or you're going to obsess over that and question why and try to fight it. And the avoidance is, well, I'm just not going to drive anymore. Right. Um, lots, especially with the car seat itself, um, checking your baby constantly, or I can't go anywhere because what if the baby cries and then I can't pull over, um, leaving, like just leaving your house in general and being around other people, like social anxiety. Um, gosh, there's like, there's so, so, so many. Um, but really what it comes down to is if it's impacting your life, like if you're questioning if this is normal, um, majority of the times it's not, and it's okay to admit that because this, there is help out there for you. And that's the first step is admitting this isn't normal. I need help. Um, and not waiting for things to get so bad because it doesn't need to get so bad. Like it did with me. You can, you can heal a lot quicker if you are able to, to get it quicker before it escalates into something more. And I think it's so important to this page that you've started and everything that you stand for because you're creating a space where moms can feel okay opening mm-hmm. up and realizing, like we were saying in the beginning, like, oh, this this girl is feeling the exact same way as me. I don't have to feel so alone and hide under this shell and act like everything is fine because yeah. it's not. Right. 
Which, but it will be. <laughs> but it will be. But it will be. And it, it, yeah. And I think, like you said, realizing and just admitting in the beginning, as soon as you possibly can, that there is something yeah. going on. And so that's the biggest thing um, when it comes to admitting. Because I'm, I'm wondering how can people that are listening realize or differentiate between do I need to get help or am I just kind of having some anxiety thoughts that are just coming and going but if it's impacting your life is really like the key yeah yeah if you're noticing these symptoms um it's just there's no harm in talking to someone and getting that help and also understanding that the help may look different again for everybody um not everybody's for medication and that's okay but knowing that medication is absolutely an option. It could be the first option. It could be the last. It may not be an option at all. There's other ways that you can help manage it, but being able to talk with somebody that understands this and can make you feel seen and validate you and just keep reminding you that you're going to get better. And here's what you can do when you're feeling this anxiety and you can't get in the car. Another common one, is anxiety around baby, your baby sleeping, right? Like there's normal, especially when you're a first time mom in the beginning, like, you know, watching your baby sleep and checking. But if your baby is starting to sleep longer stretches and you have to keep looking at your baby and counting the breaths and making sure, you know, they're breathing and now you're not sleeping, that's when it's starting to impact your life, right? And that like, you may be like, oh, it's okay. Like, I don't mind going in and checking all the time, but not getting sleep is the absolute worst for your anxiety, which totally stinks because as a new mom, right, we're not getting sleep. (laughs) But that is like, that's when it's starting to impact your life. Um, And a, a therapist, at the very least, is able to help you work through that anxiety so that you're not checking your baby every second and that you are able to like reframe your thoughts and help your yourself manage them when they come at you, right? Um, because again, it it doesn't and it won't always be like that if you if you do you know reach out for that help. Yeah, I love that. I love how you said that. I want to know what is, what is your advice for new moms coming into this, you know, this motherhood journey in general, and then also for moms in the postpartum phase of having a baby? Yeah. So I would say if you are expecting, um, just become familiar with all of these things, right. As as new moms or expecting moms, totally guilty two times now, like we prep so much for our babies, the baby's room, the baby's this, like, and we do very little for ourselves. And oftentimes it's like, you know, until things get so bad, then we start researching. And no, it should not have to take a mom to take to Google or to look for Instagram profiles to find out what is wrong with them. But sadly, because we're not getting that information from our hospitals or our health professionals, that's what moms are doing, right? Um, But just becoming familiar and having that awareness and knowledge on all of these different mood disorders. And then also surrounding yourself with people that are going to be honest, right? You want people to be honest and being honest doesn't mean 
people are being negative. There's a way to be honest without being negative and making it seem like you're complaining, right? Um, at the end of the day, motherhood is hard. It's really hard. Those first three months are incredibly difficult. The first year is really hard. And we, we can talk about those things, right? But having that support in place if and when you need it, but then also having your village, your village of people that you can go to and talk to and feel like they're going to listen and not judge you and not shame you and support you is key. And you can do that while you are expecting. No, you may not need a therapist, but have one, have one, because when you're in the thick of it, you cannot even think about finding a therapist. Like that's just so hard unfortunately. Um, so have all of that prep stuff in place and not even just like mental health in general, but like, you know, where are you going to get your food for the first three months? Like, are you going to prep it? Are you going to, you know, order out? Are you going to get like it, a home delivery service or something? Prep as much as you can. And when you think you prepped enough, prep some more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you'll, you'll thank yourself, especially in those, those first three months. And then as far as parents that are, you know, new moms, the same thing. Cause I feel like oftentimes it's like, now I have the baby and then moms will start messaging me with me and say like, oh my goodness, now a lot of your posts make so much more sense. Like I wasn't able to see it when I was pregnant, but now that I had the baby, like I get this whole driving with a baby, like I feel anxious, right? Or watching my baby sleep, like it makes sense because they're living it now. Mm -hmm. um, so that awareness and that knowledge again, and then finding your people. I'm very big on um, bringing moms together. So I have a, a mom membership called Mama's Virtual Village, and it's to do just that because I feel like moms are coming together in my comments. And I spend so much time in my DMs talking to moms and I'm always like, there's this mom that's going through this and this mom that's going through that. And like, I wish I could just like link them up because that's what moms want. Like moms want that support and those people that get it. Yes. Like they get it. And I, I bring them together in this community that's off social media, very safe, judgment-free. And again, a lot has to be said when you're sitting together with people or chatting in a group chat or whatever. And someone says, I can relate me too. Right. That's just, it's so powerful beyond words. They live next to you, whether you actually know them, or if this is a virtual friend, they may be more helpful and supportive than your sister that had a baby five years ago, because things, things change like every year. Right. So while she's a huge help, it's so different when you you find your your village with people that are going through it right alongside you. Yeah, and what when you're finding somebody that is going through the same thing as you, it's so nice because they can be the person to maybe push you to get help if you need it a little bit more so than somebody else that isn't going because I could you could sit there and say you have no idea what I'm going through. I don't need to do that or I do need to do yeah. this or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I do want to know too. Well, first of all, can you tell me more about this virtual um, meeting? How can our yeah. followers find it, get to it? Yeah, so the doors are going to be opening up again soon. So just check my stories out and I'll be talking about it. Um, but it is not just like the mental health piece. It's everything. Um, 
And so moms that are, you know, navigating reflux, right? Reflux could be a, a risk factor for these mood disorders because it's really difficult. And while I understand to an extent how difficult it is, I don't understand because neither of my girls had reflux, right? So it's, you really don't understand until you've lived through it. Um, so I can support this mom, but what's better is I can link her up to six other moms that are already in my community that are navigating reflux that can help her validate her while also being able to answer her questions and maybe even giving suggestions for what worked for them that she could try way more than, than I can do. And I think just on social media, those things get lost. Like you're just, you're talking to someone that's behind a little picture on Instagram where these moms are able to connect in a thread, in a group chat, in a support group virtually, and just come together on, on a related topic such as reflux. Um, it could be anything like birth trauma, um, anxiety, just again, any topic that you can really think of that you would want to connect with a mom on. Um, so you, so, so we can look for it in your stories and you'll kind of direct that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Yep. And I did want to know if there is someone that you suspect is possibly suffering or should get help, what would what would you have wanted to hear? What can we say to somebody? How can we, you know, push someone a little bit towards getting help if in in so many words? Oh, yeah. So again, what always comes to mind is like what what are your options? You're either going to stay the way you are, which no mom deserves, or you can get you back. And I keep saying you back because so many moms will say, and, and I was saying this too, when I didn't understand what it was, but I kept saying, I don't feel like myself. And that's a major red flag. That is a mom that is having a really hard time saying, I need help. I don't know what's wrong. I'm having scary thoughts. I can't drive in the car. I'm afraid to be alone with my baby. The list goes on. It's just a lot easier to say, I don't feel like myself. Um, and to know that you you will. This is so temporary and treatable with that help and support. And there's no judgment. There's no shame. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong, that you are not a good mom. Like it happens to every, it can happen to everyone and anyone. Um, and that, you know, the quicker that you seek help, the quicker that you are going to heal and get you back. Um, what if there's someone that's so, yeah. kind of in denial? of it, but you kind yeah, of see it. Is there anything that you would have listened to any approach that could have helped you before you got help for yourself? Again, I would probably just say like, you know, if, is what you're doing right now working for you mm -hmm. and you could fill in the blank with anything. Right. Um, and again, I, I'm not, whatever anyone's treatment looks like, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. but if you're against one thing or the other, like I often heard my therapist talking about like in a group therapy session, like is what you're doing right now working for you? So is exercising every morning, is that working for you? Like, is that, you know, taking away all of your symptoms, helping you cope, getting you back? If it is, then great. Keep at that and know that you can have other tools in your toolbox. But if it's not working for you, then let's find something else that is going to work for you. And it, it's a lot of trial and error, right? Um, 
because exercising is great for your mental health, but sometimes a mom may need more and it's okay to need more. Um, and there is more out there, whatever that more is. So again, just kind of going back to like, not only do you deserve you and to live your happiest life and to be the mom that you always envisioned you'd be, but your family wants and needs you too, right? And that was like my my biggest drive was that my girls and my husband need their mom back and I need me back too, but they need me back and I am going to fight so hard to get me back. Um, and And so finding like, again, is what you're doing working for you. Yeah. And and that also can be like, you know, you're, you're in denial too. Um, but just, you know, every mom deserves to, to live their life, right? And to live the life that they always envisioned motherhood would be for them. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I am so thankful for everything that you've come on and shared because I'm really blown away by your story and your strength and how you've you've come through this and how, and are just such a powerful support system to so many people and I think everyone listening mom new mom they have to go follow you to to listen to all yeah. the advice and all the things but definitely getting on this virtual queue that you have sounds just amazing and so supportive because no baby is perfect. No situation is perfect. And every mom mm -hmm. goes through something. And like you said, linking up moms that have gone through or are going through something similar to is so important. Um, yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap up? Really just reminding moms that they're, you're all doing your best, but also I'm so big into like realistic expectations of knowing that your best is going to look different every single day. Um, and, you know, instead of like focusing on the things you didn't do or you didn't get to, or you didn't do well, like switch that narrative to, but I did do this really well today. Um, because our, our minds are so powerful and our words are so powerful and, you know, trying to find those things that you do really well every single day, rather than like beating yourselves up, um, over the things that you, you didn't. And I think just having those realistic expectations that, I'm a really good mom and I love my job. I'm a really good mom and I um, I love playing outside with my kids, but I don't enjoy pretend play like and replacing that but with the and because we can be a good mom and love other things or not enjoy other things in motherhood, right? What a good what a good idea to do. I would have never thought of that. That's such a um a different a shift in your thought your your thinking and your yeah. mind which will just so be so positive and helpful as an outcome well again i truly truly thank you so much for spreading this awareness i think the biggest thing that we can do i was going to ask you what do you think we can do how can we do that but i think we're doing it right talking yes, about it sharing yeah. your story getting this out there because you're not the only person that has has gone through a very similar situation, if not exactly what you've been through. You know, it's mm -hmm. there are so many women out there that are suffering and by just hearing this can be like, hey, you know what? I need to go talk to my husband. I need to go call. I need to go do this. And I this yeah. is what we're doing. And I'm just so thankful. Yeah, I do think that we have a long ways to go, but I do think that the there's many conversations of people sharing their stories. Um, and, and our stories are so powerful. 
but um, I would absolutely love if, you know, during all of the appointments we have while we're expecting, if one of them, if not two of them, it was just all awareness, right, on on what these mood disorders are. Exactly everything I just said, right? Yep. Um, and it could be a video. I would love to make a video of exactly what I just shared with all of you, right? So that when a mom is struggling, maybe during pregnancy or when she's postpartum, I would love to think that she would think back to that girl in the video when I was, you know, four months pregnant. I remember her talking about scary thoughts. Like, let me talk to my OB because I know that there's that resource. And if I don't feel comfortable talking to my OB about it, I can reach out to her. I can reach out to Postpartum Support International who has amazing volunteers that can help me find the help. And they're not going to judge me. Like, they get it, right? Um, that, I think, is so needed. I think it needs to come from our, our healthcare professionals who we see all the time. Um, and then I think more needs to be done at the hospital settings too, right? It's, I always say it's going to take a lot more than just giving a mom the postpartum depression scale after they have a baby when they can't even think, um, they don't even know what the heck they're feeling. And that scale doesn't really depict all of these mood disorders. Um, and I don't like even know me, if I filled it out half the time. Right? I know I was so, like, and you're supposed to, but so many moms have said the same exact thing to me. Um, and then like with me, I was feeling great after I had my second baby, like send me home. But then who was checking on me when I was four months postpartum, my six week appointment, my six week checkup was already done. Who was checking on me, right? I didn't have anyone giving me a scale to check in on my mental health at four months postpartum. Um, so, you know, I think I look back now and I'm like, I took, I spent all of this money on a course for my husband and I with our first baby on how to diaper our baby and how to give our baby a bath. And I'm like, I could have figured all of those things out, right? But I would have loved if a course on like what to expect almost, right? But the real stuff that no one talks about, if that was offered. Um, so I do think we have a long ways to go, but yes, I think we're headed in, in the right direction. Um, for sure, because there's just, there's combos about it. A lot of celebrities are speaking out about it now, which is so powerful to know that, that it can happen to anyone and there's no shame in it. There is, there is no shame in it. And I, this is just the perfect, perfect situation to start talking about it on these podcasts, getting on social media, sharing the, because like you said, some moms are out there. I don't know what to do. I'm in my head and I take to Instagram to find another mom, hashtag postpartum depression, hashtag this, yes. trying to find somebody to connect with. But this is what we're doing. And if we can do this and we can start spreading awareness, I think we can help so many people. But like you said, a long way to go. We there, I totally agree. There has to be something in those, those prenatal appointments. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be just as important for our partners to be with that at that appointment as well, because it is so important for them to also understand the signs and the symptoms. Um, and especially if you have a risk factor going into this where, you know, you have an increased chance of possibly suffering. Yeah. Um, but also to know that like our, our partners could suffer with postpartum depression as well. And it's, I think it's like one in eight um, or one in 10 
so it, it does happen. And again, women are, there's one in five um, women will suffer with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. But I think it's way more than that because so many go undiagnosed or untreated. Um, and the same thing for dads, it's one in 10, but so many dads or partners, it doesn't even have to be a dad, it could be an adoptive parent. Um, they suffer too, but they just don't speak up. And a, a lot of women have said to me like, well, my husband doesn't want to seek help because like, I'm the one that had the baby. Like what could be so difficult for them? Yes, their whole world flips upside down. Everybody, the mm -hmm. whole household, it is hard. And yes. I just, yes, I love this. I love talking to you. I'm so happy we connected. Thank you so, yes, so, so me much. Yes, too. Through social media, there's lots of good on social media. There really, um, really is. It's just, it's just figuring out what the, what the good is. Tell us where we can find you on social media once again. Yeah, so I am at Mom's Maternal Health on Instagram. Um, my email is hello at momsmaternalhealth.com. My website is momsmaternalhealth.com. Um, yeah. And then the membership for my, um, my mom loves virtual village community will be opening up again soon. And, um, it is for currently it's for moms with babies birth to 12 months of age. Um, eventually I would love to have something for expecting moms, but it's just me. I'm a one man show. So it's, it's, um, it's a lot and it's all great. And it's really just kind of like looking at my journey and having it come full circle. Um, so it's a really cool experience. It's like my passion project. <laughs> I love that. And this is mine. And <laughs> yes. But again, Jen, I really cannot thank you enough. This was just so amazing. Thank you to everyone who has listened each week and listened to this episode. I'm really just so passionate about topics like this and everything that we cover here at 20 something mom if you think you are suffering from perinatal depression or anxiety you can call postpartum support international at 800-944-4773 to find support information online help and referrals near you one in five women will suffer from perinatal mood and anxiety disorder like postpartum depression and anxiety. More than 600,000 women suffer from postpartum depression or anxiety each year. Less than 15% of women receive treatment for their perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. And that's insane to me. I really wanna change this, change how we are looking at this and how we are helping ourselves and others going through something like this. Again, no one on this episode or this podcast is a doctor, but we truly believe seeking out that professional help can be so helpful, and we encourage you to do so. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank you for supporting this show. It really keeps us going. If you can give five-star readings, write some reviews, let us know what you're thinking, what you want to hear, and share the show, tell your friends, and keep coming back every Wednesday for another episode of The 20-Something Mom. I'm your host, Mackenzie Frank. Have a good week, guys.